Because of course they were. Thanks, Ralph. Appreciate that very much. They asked me to be a part of that, and I was going, no, I am incapable of telling a lie, so I won't be any good at that end of that game. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, you guys, Two Truths and a Lie is a great way to set up what we're talking about today because we're talking about being the mighty hero that God has called us to be. We're learning leadership lessons from the life of Gideon. And today we're realizing that if you are going to be a credible leader, if people are going to look at you and they want to be like you, they want what you've got, then that is all going to overflow out of a heart of character. That's me just simply choosing to be obedient to God each and every day. That's me just having a pattern in my life where I say yes to Jesus. And people can see God is living, moving, and working in me. And it just lends me to being a credible leader that people will follow. Your character is really important when it comes to this concept of being the credible leader. And throughout this series, we've realized a couple of really important principles from the life of Gideon. We've realized that God calls us to be confident, and that's us being willing to step out of our comfort zone, trusting that God is going to be there where he calls us to go. Uh, we've realized that there is a cost of obedience, and when God calls me to be courageous, he's calling me to be obedient and do something that's going to cost me something. It's not going to be easy. And then we also realized last week that if we're going to be a compelling leader, a leader that people, when, when we speak, they listen, our lives, they matter, they make a difference, they draw people toward Jesus, then we're going to have to be willing sometimes to do things that make our palms sweaty. Take a step of faith, be obedient in such a way that I have to be totally reliant on God to show up. Because it's in those moments where God shows up and does extraordinary and exciting things. And so as we transition today to talking about being a credible leader, making sure that my heart has and displays the character of God in my life, there's a reality that I think that we need to circle uh, as we dive in. Because if people see that Jesus is alive in you, they, they see you saying yes to Jesus on a daily basis, there's a reality here that when God is alive in you, and that's what identifies God as being alive in you, you just keep saying yes to Jesus each and every day. When God is alive in you, you will bring life to others because your light will be shining brighter. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. I think we all still struggle at some level with our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups. No one in this room, no one watching today is perfect. I hate to break that to you. None of us are and yet the reality is I think that when it comes to leadership, people would much rather follow someone who's real than someone who is right. And I think if we acknowledge the fact, hey, I'm broken, I've got my own faults, I struggle with my hurts, habits, and hangups, but you know what? I'm doing my best every day to just be obedient, to say yes to Jesus and just to allow him to work in my life and help me to become more like him. I think that lends credibility that starts displaying God's character in our lives. And honestly, that I think is the, the, foundational, the, the foundation that we build on that makes our life look like Jesus and live the life that he's called us to. It's just daily, simple obedience. That's what it all hinges on. And in the life of Gideon, we see something truly astounding as he is called to continually obey God. We see him do extraordinary things. His light shines bright. And that's what God longs for each of us to be experienced in our own lives. Our light shining bright in such a way that people see God working in us and be drawn to him. Jesus referenced this in Matthew uh, chapter 5. He says this, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? 
Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He goes on to say in verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's significant. That's the lifestyle of obedience shining bright for all to see. It's not to bring attention to me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at how I am being faithful and being obedient to God. That's not what it's about. It's just living that life where you're daily saying yes to Jesus. You're, bill- you're willing to step out of your comfort zone. You're willing to take out and, and step, take steps of faith that, that cost you something, that make your palms sweaty. And as you live that life of obedience, people are recognizing, hey, there's something different about that person. There's something alive there that, that I want to be a part of. I contend with you today that if you're living that life of, of simple obedience, that your light is shining bright. People see God moving in you and through you, and they want what you've got. I want to ask you today a question to just think about as we unpack what's going on in Gideon's life today. This question is simple. When did your obedience connect someone else with God? Just stop and consider that for a second because it's a concept that I want us to be thinking about together today. When did your obedience, your willingness to step out in faith, take a risk, step out of your comfort zone, do something that would cost you something, do something that made your palms sweaty, you're nervous, you're relying on God. When did your obedience connect someone else with God? Because those are the daily moments, those are the daily choices, the decisions that we make that make our lives different. Because the goal is people see Jesus working in us and through us, and that creates conversation points. That creates opportunities where I can share what God's doing in my life. I can invite someone to join me at church. I can just share my faith. There are opportunities that we have when we are obedient to God that I think God presents to us where we can bring somebody else in on what he is doing and celebrate the change that comes when they connect with Jesus. Obedience draws other people to God. And then we get to be a part of that journey. And and Gideon was able to experience this in a huge way. Because of Gideon's obedience, what we see today is that he was able to bring all kinds of people in on an experience where because together he led this group of people to a place of wild obedience, stepping way out of their comfort zone, totally relying on God, because he led them to this point They were all able to experience God do some pretty extraordinary things together. And I think that's a really high level of leadership where we can bring others along on the journey with us and invite them to experience God doing things that we can't explain. Because again, none of us has got it all together. We've all got our issues. We're we're not perfect. But they'd rather follow someone who's real than someone's right. And I would contend with you today, the longer I live, I'm I'm 43 years into this life of mine, the more I I recognize that the people who are fighting the hardest to make it look like they're right all the time or have it together, those are the ones that are really struggling to cover up the most stuff. They're the most insecure about the fact that not everything is right. And I want to tell you today, man, there's something with just being real and saying, yeah, I, I struggle I'm, I'm overcome right now. I struggle with my doubts. I've got some pain I'm dealing with. I've got some hurts and habits and hang-ups that I'm dealing with. God's working on me on. I, man, it's just so much better to be real and authentic in those moments of conversations with people and interactions that people see you're human too. You don't have all the answers. You don't have it all together. And yet, 
You're willing to be obedient. You're willing to say yes to Jesus every single day. And when he calls you to do something, it's that lifestyle of faithfulness. It's that willingness to be obedient. That's the life that God calls us to in its simplest form. And there's a beauty in that life. There's, there's something that happens where God begins doing things that you would never have dreamed possible outside of that world. Simple obedience, it changes everything. And we see that in the life of Gideon. I want to dive into this story today because this, this story, it really does have power. Uh, in Judges chapter 7, we see the continuation of the story of Gideon. He has stepped out of faith, in, in faith, he's knocked down the, the idols to the false god Baal in his father's house. Uh, he's called the armies of all the tribes to gather to fight the Midianites who are overtaking Israel. And lo and behold, people have come out to follow Gideon. They've said, yep, Gideon, we will follow you. The armies have gathered and it's time to fight. And so here's where this story picks up and we see obedience in action in Gideon and it allows Gideon the opportunity to bring others in on what God is doing. And it's not Gideon that is amazing, it's God that is amazing. And that's what I want you to remember today as we dive into here. When I'm, when I'm obedient to Jesus, when I just simply say yes and follow his leading in my life, he's going to show up, he's going to do something that's really, really special. Here's what we see in the life of Gideon. So Jerob Baal, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Now let's stop right there because this is round one, all right? There's more to come. Round one of God saying, Gideon, listen to me. You got to hold on a second. The whole point of what we're doing here is not to defeat the Midianites. In God's mind, what matters more to him than anything else is he's fighting for the heart of his people. So there is a method to the to seeming madness here. The reality is that God doesn't want Gideon to take all of the glory. He doesn't want the Israelites to boast and think they did this on their own power. God is clearly more focused on the hearts of the Israelites. He wants them to turn back to him. The reason they're in this mess is because they turned away from God in the first place. So when Gideon, he blows the ram's horn, calls all the troops, and 32,000 warriors show up for battle, Gideon's feeling pretty good about himself. He's like, yeah, we got this. This is going to be fantastic. It's like this ginormous pep rally, right? I mean, you can see it. They're all blowing their, because they got the ram's horns. It's great. They're shooting t-shirts in the crowd. There's the drum line going, woo, we're getting ready to go. We're going to beat these guys. God's saying, no, Gideon, <laughs> this is, no, this is too easy. Let's clear out some people. Hey, guys, if you're afraid, you can go home. Really? We're out. But I gave you a T-shirt. It's like, get it. what? What's happening here? We had a drum line. We were having fun. 22,000 bail on him. He's now down to 10,000 people, right? So he's like, whoa, okay. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. What a bizarre way to, to separate people, but this is how it happened. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. 
all the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. Well, this is round two. Because the next step is God's telling Gideon, I only want you to use those 300 who drank out of their hands. Those are the ones I want you to keep. This is where it starts to get real, okay? Gideon's having to deal with the reality that, oh man, I'm right back where I started. Sweaty palms, stepping out of my comfort zone. I am taking a ginormous leap of faith here, trusting that God is going to show up. But isn't that the point? That's how God works. That's what he does. That's who he is. I'm astounded when I think through all of the old stories of, of the Bible and, and to think about how God shows up and does things that only he can. And I think it's really important to recognize when, when I talk about living a life of obedience myself, because we're, we're highlighting Gideon's obedience here. Make no mistake about that. And that applies directly to our lives today. When I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone, when I'm willing to step out and, and be courageous and, and be willing to be obedient to God in a way that's going to cost me something, to step out and be that compelling leader that, man, I need God to show up. I am nervous. I cannot do this on my own. When I'm committed to being obedient, just saying yes to what it is that Jesus calls me to, I've got to be willing to trust that he's going to show up. And I want to encourage you today and challenge you with the truth that when you are obedient, God shows up. He's faithful every single time. If you're willing to be obedient and step out of faith, God shows up. He reveals himself. He's faithful. That's who he is. That's what he does. And I think what we struggle with a lot of times is our inability to do things on our own. I think when we talk about the reality that if I live my life in such a way where I am seeking after Jesus, I'm being obedient to him, my life can be a light that shines in the darkness, that other people will be drawn to Jesus and that will change their life. I think we struggle a lot of times with the fact that I can't actually save anyone, right? Even though I do the best things that I know how to do, live the best way I know, to even speak into the lives of people in my life that I know are struggling or hurting or who are desperate for the hope of Jesus, people who I pray for, people who I'm just begging God to do a work in their heart. The reality is you can't save anyone. God does that. But what you can do is just as powerful and just as significant if it's not just as simple. You can't save anyone. God does that. But you can be obedient. And as simple as that concept sounds, obedience is what changes everything. Obedience is what opens the door for God to begin doing extraordinary things, moving in ways that you never would have imagined possible. It's those simple acts of obedience where I step out in faith and say, God, I need you to show up here. It's those moments where God does the miraculous, where everything changes. And I want to challenge you today with just that concept of simply being obedient. Where there might be someone in your life who is heavy on your heart, someone you've been lifting up in prayer for years, who's desperate for the hope of Jesus, desperate for that love. It's, it's, it's a struggle to think about the reality. I can't save anybody on my own. I can't do it. But God does that. And he just calls me to be obedient. He calls me to be faithful. And I want to encourage you. Maybe that's a journey you've been on for years. Keep praying. Keep letting your light shine. Let God do his work because he's faithful. He's the God who melts the heart of stone. He's the God who heals. And that's the healing of our soul. That's the healing of our spirit. That's what he can do. And that's what he does. That's what he loves to do. 
So it starts by us just being willing to be obedient and live into this call that he's placed on our lives. So it says, the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. Here's the thing. I want to just really circle this today. God honors obedience, all right? That is the heart of character. If you want to be like Jesus, it just begins with this idea and this concept of obedience. When God calls you to, to do something, don't ever sell yourself short. Don't ever say, no, I, I can't do that. Do you know who I am? I'm, <laughs> no one's going to follow me. I mean, that was Gideon's whole tagline. No, you've got to be confident that you are a dearly and deeply loved child of God, that he sees you as a mighty hero. When he calls you to do something, you've got to step out in courage. Man, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to be something that might cost you something. But when he's calling you to do it, he's calling you to that for a reason. That's where life is lived to the fullest, in those moments of obedience, those moments where your palms are sweating, you're saying, God, you're asking me to do something where I'm completely relying on you. When we hold back from those moments, we miss out on what God's trying to do in our lives. It's in those moments of obedience where I say, God, I'm trusting you to show up. And that God proves himself faithful. And that's where the extraordinary happens. That's where the stories happen that are told for generations. Those acts of simple obedience. They're terrifying, but God is faithful. And that's where life is lifted the fullest. Starts with the idea that God honors obedience. God also honors faithfulness. And that's simply the lifestyle of obedience. That's day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, building up this lifestyle, this pattern of obedience that ultimately leads to just a lifestyle that's marked and known by faithfulness. I think there's no greater testimony than a life that is lived faithfully obedient to God's voice doesn't mean you're perfect, nobody's arrived, but it's that continual track record of a life that's lived in faithfulness to God. That kind of a life has power. That kind of a life has a story to tell because God has been moving and working. That is the life that God calls us to. That is the life that is lived to the fullest, the life of faithfulness. I think finally the recognition is that God honors risk. It's that obedience in action. My palms are sweaty. This is way out of my comfort zone. I'm relying on Jesus. But when I take that risk, that leap of faith, again, those are the moments where I need Jesus to show up and he does every single time. What is God calling you to? What area in your life is he calling you out of your comfort zone? What's he calling you to right now that is making your palms sweaty? Who in your life is he laying on your heart that he desperately wants you to speak life into, to share your story with, to invite to what's happening here at Crossroads and to engage in his community? Those simple acts of obedience, being willing to have a conversation, to share a story, to share what Jesus has done in our lives, those conversations, those moments have eternal significance. We just have to lean into those moments and be obedient, trust that God is with us, that he's going to give us the words to say and provide the right opportunity to be his hands and feet, to let our light shine brightly in the darkness. God honors obedience. He honors faithfulness. He honors those moments of risk. And we see that in Gideon's life. It says, the Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, 
Go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. I love how he takes this and turns it upside down. He's saying, Gideon, if you're afraid, I get that. This is a big risk. This is a big step of faith. But I want you to know, if you go down and listen to what these guys are saying, not only are you not going to be afraid anymore, you're actually going to be eager to attack because you're going to be so looking forward to what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up and I'm going to show off. It's going to be amazing, Gideon. You're going to love what's going to happen here. And God has a way of doing that, taking the things that terrify us and making those moments that we can't wait to look forward to. I mean, when I was in college, you guys, I took a public speaking class. That was probably the most difficult class I took my freshman year. I know that's probably hard to believe. I did not like it. I was nervous in front of people. I, I didn't like it. And then God called me to preach in front of all kinds of people all the time. I mean, what kind of a weird life is that? And yet God calls me to it. He provides the way and he makes it work somehow miraculously. People still show up. It's a miracle. I mean, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> But the reality is we've got to take that leap of faith and say, God, if that's what you're calling me to, I'll, I'll give it my best. I'll be obedient. God honors that. And then you begin looking forward with great anticipation to what he's going to do. Hey, you see what God's doing right here in our church at Crossroads? I can see what the future holds. And you guys, man, our, our best days are ahead of us. We've got an amazing opportunity in front of us. I'm excited to share the vision for our future over these next few weeks and months. You guys, God's going to do some extraordinary things here. And we all get to be a part of that journey. And when we're all obedient, letting our lights shine, stepping up with obedience every time God presents an opportunity for us to step out of our comfort zone, for us to become more like him and experience him fully alive in us and working through us, man, that's where it's at. There is no better place to be than living a life like that. And so that's what God tells Gideon. You're going to be excited. You're going to be eager to attack after you hear what they have to say. So here's what happened. This is fantastic. Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. I'm not going to lie to you. I resonate with this guy. I dream about food sometimes. I've had that dream where I, the more Ben and Jerry's I eat, the more chiseled my abs get. What a fantastic dream that is. This guy's dreaming about bread, rolling down a mountain, knocking down a tent. It's just such a random dream, right? Like, hey, I had this dream. <laughs> it was about bread, and it knocked over a tent. <laughs> His friend says, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. What, say what? What are you talking about? When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. I mean, that was a moment that God created and ordained for Gideon. That's a conversation. He said, listen, if you need some assurance, creep down to the camp and just listen to what they're saying. That's just telling Gideon, God is going to fight this battle for me. All I need to do is obey. And God goes before us. He fights for us in the same exact way. It's when we step out in obedience that he shows up. And that's the thing. Gideon was obedient, and God showed up in a huge way. Here's how the story ends. It says, Gideon returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! 
For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight after the changing of the guard when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Now we need to stop for just a second. The Midianite army is in the valley below. They are too numerous to count. They are described as a swarm of locusts, like sand on the sea. These are 300 men who have surrounded them on the, on the top of the, the valley there, and they are armed not with, you know, guns or swords. They're armed with torches and ram's horns. I just want to point that out. And I think it's important to point that out because... Isn't that just how God works? When I'm obedient, God's going to make sense of situations that I don't necessarily understand. You see that time and time again in Scripture. What happened when Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt? They get to the Red Sea and they're trapped. The Egyptian army is behind them. They have nowhere to go. What happens? God parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry land. The Egyptian army chases after them, and God crushes the army with a tidal wave. <laughs> Done. No weapons. The Israelites, 40 years later, after wandering through the wilderness, go to Jericho. They've got this fortified city that they, they have no way of, of destroying on their own. So what happens? They march around the city. They blow their trumpets. God knocks down the walls how God works. The Philistines have a mighty warrior that everyone is terrified to battle one-on-one. -on -one. So what does God do? He says, David, go get a little stone. Take, just find a pebble, and we'll take care of this guy. That's how God works. So it really shouldn't be too astonishing that God tells Gideon, yeah, grab some, some ram's horns. We'll need some more type of musical instruments this time, and then uh, grab some torches. That'll be intimidating. Let's, let's up our game just a little bit. <laughs> God's got this. Remember, Gideon has no idea how this is going to turn out. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched. They did nothing. They watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. They turned on each other. In the chaos, they, they killed each other and then fled as far as they could. The Israelites won this mighty battle against the Midianites who had oppressed them for years, taking everything they had. And in a moment, just like that, God showed up and did the extraordinary. You guys, this is Gideon's mighty hero moment. This is the moment where everybody looks at Gideon and says, you are our leader. You have done extraordinary things. But there's also the realization that Gideon really didn't do anything. All he was was obedient. He was obedient, and God showed up. 
And I want to encourage you today that it's exactly the same in our lives as it was for Gideon. When I'm obedient, God is going to show up. When you are obedient, God is going to show up. So this is a reality that I think we need to embrace and think about. When God is alive in you, you will bring life to others. When your light is shining bright, when people see that God is working in you and through you, your heart is reflecting his character. Your life is marked by being obedient, being faithful. And you don't have it all together. You don't have all the answers. You still have your issues you're working on, but you're letting God use you and work in you and through you. You're letting him help you become more like him. People see that. Your light shines brighter and allows you to bring others in on what God is doing. Think about those 300 men that were standing beside Gideon that experienced what God was doing right in front of their eyes. 300 mighty warriors who witnessed everything that God did right in front of them. Gideon was able, because of his leadership, because of his obedience, to bring those 300 warriors in to witness what God had done. That's the stuff of legends. Those guys would have gone home to all of their villages and told everybody what God had done. When I'm obedient, it allows other people to live into what God is doing. And when I'm obedient, my light shines bright. I ask you this question today as we close. When did your obedience connect someone else with God? When did your obedience allow your light to shine a little bit brighter? Give you an opportunity to share what God's done in your life, to invite someone to join you at what's happening here at church. We've got some real easy opportunities in front of us with Easter coming up. We've got our Easter extravaganza, our Easter services, Good Friday service. There's all kinds of entry points and opportunities to invite people to join in on what God is doing here. And there is a reality. I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. God does that. But you can be obedient. If there's someone that God's placing on your heart that you need to lift up in prayer and and talk to him about, by all means, be obedient. Step out in faith. Do something special. Do something that is way out of your comfort zone. Something that you, you do that you really need to see God show up. You're relying on him. Because it's in those moments of, of obedience where God does the extraordinary, where he changes everything, where he shows up. And that's where life is lived to the fullest. That's where your light shines brightest. And so as we come to a close today, I would just ask that you bow your head and close your eyes with me. That you would lean into this moment. Where is God calling you to be obedient? We've been talking about this for the last few weeks now. Obedience, willingness to be confident in who you are. You are God's child. He goes before you. He fights. He fights those battles for you. He's with you. Being courageous. Being willing to be obedient even when it costs you something. Being a compelling leader. People are looking at you like, what's going on with that guy? Because you're willing to step out and take a risk. Your palms are sweaty because God's asking you to do something that's, whew, you need him to show up. I would contend with you today, it's that kind of obedience, that daily obedience that allows your light to shine bright points others toward Jesus. It connects other people with him. I challenge you today, make sure you're living that life of obedience, that you're drawing people toward Jesus. Take advantage of the opportunities he gives you. And may you live a life that draws people to him. Jesus, today we are thankful for who you are and for the way that you love us. 
I ask that you would just help us to be obedient. When we hear your voice, when your spirit prompts us and guides us and directs us, help us to not hold back. Help us to walk with confidence and courage to where you're calling us to be. And God, may our lights shine just a little bit brighter because we're willing in this moment to say, God, whatever you want, whatever you're calling us to do, we just say yes today. And I would just ask God that because we're willing to say yes to you today, that we would be able to celebrate lives that are, are changed because they saw you working in us. And we took advantage of opportunities to share your hope and your love with the people in our lives that need us and need you the most. So God, work in our hearts. Work in the hearts of those you've placed in our lives who are desperate for a touch from you. And God, we, not, we don't look forward to the future and what you've called us to do with fear. No, we look forward to what you've called us to with eager anticipation, excited about what you're going to do. God, we lay all these things at your feet. We give you praise because you're worthy. We pray this in your name. Amen.